Hi everybody, thanks for listening to episode 5 of the Darling Why podcast. It's another Louis pick this week, and that pick is the film Speed. Give us a follow on whatever podcast app you listen to us on if you like, and if if you fancy it, you can tell your friends all about our podcast. No pressure, that's totally up to you. Alright, enjoy! Do you know what I've realised this is? This? Yeah. What? This is our first this is our first trip into the Keanu Reeves canon. Or the Keanon. Oh, how long did you work on that terrible pun? Thirteen to fourteen seconds. I don't believe it. I think it's probably thirteen to fourteen days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited to get into this Keanu journey over time. Yeah. <laughs> the Keanon begins. I was. I mean, one of my questions later sort of links into this, so you can answer now or you can wait off. No, we'll wait, but, we'll wait. Okay. We'll wait. Okay. It's probably not, like, it probably doesn't matter, but do you know what? Ah, sorry, ask me now, ask me now. I was going to ask you, uh, so in terms of, like, maybe a, a universal ranking, where does where does Keanu <laughs> fall in your um, ranking of, like, action men? <laughs> action men? You know the type. <laughs> Alright, we have to define that term, action men. Okay, so when you say action men, do you mean literally men who star in action films? Or do you, like, is there some sort of criteria you put to this? No, I'm thinking about it quite broadly. Like, okay. there's, we could be narrow and be like, there, it's the more Stallone, Arnie, that type of thing. But no, I think we bring it a bit broader, include the likes of Keanu, maybe like a Nick Cage when they were trying to make him a movie star that kind of era of You're stuff. referring to the 1990s. Yes, I am referring to the 90s. You know, you yeah. know the type. Yeah. Louis, <laughs> you know. I mean, a lot of, a lot of Keanu's best films aren't necessarily, hmm, this is a really hard one to I describe. I know he's not exclusively like an action boy. No. He's, he's bigger than that, but he is also not, not that. His best action work, if you were going to put, it's come a lot later than this. John Wick, yeah. Yeah. Like, his best actual work, if we're going to use the word work, rather than just, you know, performance, it comes from the amount of training and preparation that he does for John Wick. But obviously we're talking about Speed today. We're talking about Speed, the 1994 summer thriller, directed by Jan de Bont in his directorial debut. Jan de Bont was usually known more as a cinematographer, director of photography. He's done a lot of very well-known films like Hunt for Red October... This is his first film as a director, because originally for this, uh, the studios were sort of looking at John McTiernan, who directed Die Hard. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I think think he said yes originally, and then he pulled out, and he recommended Jan de Bont. Uh, Jan de Bont's only actually directed about five movies ever. One of them is the sequel to Speed, which we will not be talking about, because... Speed 2 Cruise Control? Oh, God. No. Haven't seen it. No, it's about a boat. It's awful. Um, We're not going to go there. Other films he directed include Twister. Also class- a classic, as I've heard. Not seen it, but heard it's, it's one of the greatest movies. It's a classic for a number of reasons, but not the reasons you might think. <laughs> Helen Hunt classic, Twister. Oh, God. Um, also, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he, he, he owned, the, owned, the last film he directed was uh, the 2003 Tomb Raider, sorry, Lara Croft Tomb Raider sequel, The Cradle of Life, a film that nobody cares about. 
and will never be mentioned on this podcast for, again. I forgot that it existed. So you're missing one in the middle there. It's only four oh, movies. it's uh, The Haunting, which is not good. It's a horror movie. I think that I have seen The Haunting. <laughs> it's not great. As someone who famously has never seen anything, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I saw it at a sleepover when I was yeah. like 13. And yeah. it was bad. Yander won't bless him. He had a hell of a hit. Put it this way. If you're going to have your first directorial film be one of the biggest hits of the year, good for you. Mm. You've you've won. You've already achieved more than most directors will ever achieve. So Speed comes out in June of 1994. Would you like... Are you aware of the tagline? No, tell me. Okay. So the tagline for Speed, get ready for rush hour. No one can see my face, but I hate it. I love it. I love it. It's so trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's very, I don't know, I feel like the 90s and early 2000s had a real thing for that kind of punny, trash fucking uh, tagline for movies. Or is that just the history of that? I rate taglines as more important than most forms of anything because they bring me far more joy <laughs> than, yeah, I love a tagline. I love it because they're always either so brilliant like, I think Get Ready for Russia was a fucking great tagline in context of this movie about a bus that can't slow down. I mean, yeah. I think I just... Because it works on multiple levels. Get ready. <laughs> you know, you're going to get ready yeah. to get on the bus for rush hour. Because often you get on the bus to go to work during rush hour. But also they're rushing. They are rushing. They can't slow down they can't because of slow the speed. Because yes, of I, the speed. I understand the pun, Louis. Yes. That's why it's brilliant. <laughs> I think there is something in me... Like, and I like puns quite that a lot. That makes cringe. But I cringe and die inside a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry. A shit pun will also do that to you. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I also am a big fan of the poster for this. The, the poster for this fucking movie. I don't think movie. I've ever seen the poster for this Right, movie. so the poster for this movie... Um, do you want me to just get up? Get that, get that right. poster up, man. Now, obviously, podcasting is an audio medium, so... You're not really. <laughs> I, mean, I could I could describe it. <laughs> we are going to describe if you show, it to you. If you show it to me in my I first time reaction, your first time reaction. So it's mainly just Keanu's face. So let's. I'll describe no, it. No, it's Keanu staring, staring into the camera, just like, hey, I'm a hot cop. I mean, like, yeah. There's there's a definite eyebrow choice in the sense of like he's like that. You know, it's not a relaxed brow. Um, it's very intense. So on the full left-hand side is essentially his face. His face is the size of the poster, He's doing a very serious face. Yeah. And then on the right-hand side, smaller overall than the face, is just a bus flying through flames. <laughs> and then in giant letters, get ready for rush hour. Um, it's, it's, it's a very simple... I mean, quite... Like, you know, it's very... It's a sparse poster. It's fucking brilliant. Does a lot with very little. Yeah. <laughs> Too many posters have way too much going on, but that is... It's a bus going through flames. Now, does that happen in the movie? I don't think it does. I've seen this movie. I don't believe it does. I think it... There it, are flames in I the movie. I think there are flames, and then there is the bus sort of essentially like jumping a, a, chas- a chasm of such, but they don't happen oh, at the same that. time. No. <laughs> there isn't... The explosion isn't happening in the background of that jump. They've just brought them together for the... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, so we mentioned it was directed by Jan de Bon. This film was written by Graham Yoss. Now, Graham Yoss might not be a name that means that much to you unless you've seen the Timothy Oliphant vehicle, Justified. I have not. As Graham Yoss was the creator and showrunner of it. It's a very popular show. Interestingly, this film was also actually an Oscar-winning movie. What did it win an Oscar for? Uh, it won an Oscar for the Best Sound Effects Editing and Best Sound. 
to be fair, the sound in this film is fucking great. Like, I can see why. It's very entertaining. It's loud in all the right places. I like it. It works for me. Yeah, I suppose I didn't notice it at the time, but that's also probably a good thing. If I noticed things, it would probably be bad. <laughs> yeah, if you notice sound being shit, you notice the sound being shit. Yeah. But, you know, it's the kind of thing, if you're looking for it, when you've watched a shit ton of action movies, I imagine horror fans do similar when it comes to, you know, sound design and horror, but you do start thinking, you do, you do, this is going to sound really weird if you don't watch, this might sound really weird to a lot of people, but when I watch action movies, I do find myself going, oh, the sound effect, if, if I'm watching a terrible action movie, the sound effects are usually laughable. Like the oh, sound okay. effects of someone getting punched are usually hilarious. Yeah. Or their sound that effects is that are very clearly noticeable. robbed from other movies. That is very like, noticeable. When very <laughs> obviously stolen from other movies. Kapow. Um, when like, it's very much that. If you're trying to watch a straight-to-DVD Steven Seagal vehicle, which I do not recommend unless I do, you are... I don't want to. Probably. Unless you're in the mood to, like, suffer. No. And, no, you don't need to be in the mood. Yeah, you don't want to be in that mood. But if you are in the mood to suffer and you watch a Steven Seagal movie set, like, now, where he doesn't even do half his own fucking lines... He doesn't do his own lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's a whole other... We could talk about that all day on a whole other podcast. <laughs> Not doing your own stunts, I get. Not doing your own lines. <laughs> mm. I mean, so, that's a derail, but yeah. <laughs> so the plot of Speed. Now, obviously, a lot of you might be aware of Speed because it's the film where the bus can't slow down. You might have seen, for example, the very the very popular beloved Father Ted episode, Speed 3, where they rip the shit out of this movie by having a really, really slow milk float. That's the one with Pat Mustard as well, by the way, Father Ted fans, just in case you're wondering which one I'm referring to. So the plot of Speed is... Keanu Reeves. Now, I'm going to say his character name, but let's be honest, you're going to call him Keanu. I can't even remember what his character name is. Exactly. So he's, he plays a, a bomb disposal cop, Jack Tra- Jack Traven. Now, action film protagonists always have... The names of action film protagonists are always a spot of joy for me. I mean, Jack is a very common very, action yep. man name, isn't it? Yeah, they always... They don't tend to go for, like, really long names. They tend to keep them within two or three syllables of the surname. There's No one's going to be called, like... Jack Strombopolis. I mean, it's, it's, it, I suppose to emulate that kind of like punching, short, sharp. Yeah. I'm a man of action. Mm. No thinking, just go. But Jeff Daniels plays his partner in the bomb disposal unit of the LAPD. And I'd argue he has actually got a better action man name because his character is called Harry Temple. That's a real cop name. It's a real yeah. movie cop name. That's a fucking movie cop name. <laughs> I actually think there's a better name than Jack Traver. I think they should have swapped the names around. But what do I know? I mean, but like you said, okay, maybe it was different in, in 94. It doesn't really matter what his name is, because it's Keanu. <laughs> it's Keanu Reeves. So, I mean, I saw this movie this year, so maybe I'm tainted. But I was like, it's Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. I don't know what their names are. <laughs> I don't, And I don't think it matters, because everyone knows who I mean when I say Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> How is it? So, of course, this isn't the first cop role that Keanu Reeves has played. Um, obviously, uh, Point Break was taken into consideration when they were casting for this role because they knew he could play a cop. Oh, sensational film. Yeah, we, Point Break is a wonderful film. Inevitably, people will get talked about on this podcast at some point. To, as a comparison, in Point Break, he's got like slightly longer hair. He gets in with all the surfers and shit. And, but in this film, he's like serious cop. Very serious cop. He's a very serious cop. He like he's got a red short haircut. He's not got that sort of like wavy ooh heartthrob hair. No, he's got action man tough he's boy a, military almost haircut. He's, yeah, he's he's a cop. He's a dedicated officer of law enforcement. Okay, I feel like we're dealing around the. 
we try and give a lot of context in this movie. We try and give a lot of context to this movie. Let me actually tell you what actually happens in this fucking movie. If you, it starts where uh, Jack and Harry are called to try and disarm a bomb in a building, and it's being held up by Dennis Hopper, who puts in a divine performance as the villain in this film. It is he a is, lovely villainous performance. Oh, he's fucking... He, Leaning in. Genuinely, if Dennis Hopper wasn't on it, on the way that he's on it, I genuinely think this film would be half as good. This is a film where if one element isn't as good as the rest of it, it would fall apart. Yeah. I really believe... Like, individually, the elements of this film, you might look at it and go, okay, this is going to be some like ho-hum B-movie, but everything together works so well. Like, Dennis Hopper is fucking magnificent he's a beautiful ham a wonderful glazed ham not a steamed yeah. ham a glazed ham Stop that. i do <laughs> love it i do love a hammy villainous performance yeah um, they're just mm. when i was watching this film the most recent time i watched it i found myself thinking dennis hopper's just like he's playing the joker like i honestly could see him playing the joker yeah no, as I like can an see older that. version of the character it's a similar, um, I suppose... It's, he's rigging people up to explode. Yeah. There's elaborate contraptions. There's elaborate bullshit. Yeah. Fuck the system attitude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His entire character is, like... Is his, is his character basically a cab, but also he's... A, I don't know. Like, there's something about... It's his, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when they're in the... So I've got to say, when they're in the building, they... You know, stop an elevator because the elevator, again, it's very elaborate. He, he's a very elaborate villain. And there's a bit in it where they're trying to get Keanu Reeves and Jeff Downs trying to get these people out of the lift. And they get quite a lot of them out. The lift's about to fall. And there's one person who's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, she basically, she has to, like, jump up, like, a few feet. Yeah, it's a very small amount. It's a very small amount of feet. <laughs> yeah. And Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels are, like, both trying to sort it out. And she's giving it all that. That character amuses me greatly because she needs to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Just needs to cop on then. Yeah, she needs to improvise, adapt, and overcome. I won't. I won't engage in this. Um, this thing. You can continue, but like, I'm not gonna say it. But uh, <laughs> there are a few characters in this movie. I think like her, who who just kind of like just just do what Keanu says, yeah. and it'll be fine. No, you have to go against Keanu. Fine, you deserve to die, maybe. Yeah, it's true. If you're going against... Yeah, I mean, it's, they, they brought it on themselves yeah. at that point. You can't, you can't go against Keanu's no. word, especially when he's willing to... Keanu's holy word. Keanu's holy word. Yeah. Keanu's blessed and holy word. He's trying to save you, damn it. <laughs> oh, so, after all this, they got the people out. They corner, they eventually get to corner Dennis Hopper, but he manages to take Jeff Daniels hostage. Now, he comes out with this line. There's a sort of like, this is like the closest thing this film has to a catchphrase pop quiz hotshot. Yeah. That line, interestingly, was written by Joss Whedon. Interesting. A lot of dialogue was rewritten by Joss Whedon ah. for this movie. There's a lot of films, that, I found there's a lot of films I have watched over the years that. He's sort of just got his claws into, like in the nineties and things. Yeah. just generally. <laughs> yeah, he just sort of he just sort of got his claws into. Um, yeah, so he came up with a lot of that sort of dialogue, and <laughs> I've never seen Keanu Reeves shoot people in the leg rather than in the head, like yeah. John Wick. You yeah, know? <laughs> it, 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 in order to defeat Dennis Hoffer's dickhead motivations, he shoots Jeff Daniels in the leg. <laughs> my best, my. At least best work friend, my partner. Yeah. I'm gonna shoot you in the leg. And then Dennis Hopper's just like, 
and then he just runs away and blows the shit, it blows the building up. Like, <laughs> and oh, the reason I'm bringing all this up is because the way that this film builds itself, originally this film was literally just going to be all on the bus. Like, that was the original sort of plot. Like, it starts on the bus. Pretty much. Oh, okay. Like, there wasn't going to be the A first sort of, yeah, yeah, like, the whole establishing shit in the building, but there also wasn't going to be the climax. Because the climax of this film does not actually take place on the bus either. Like, the climax of the film takes place in a subway. And, oh, mm, that's right. That's the real That's the real twist that they don't spoil in the general. That's the real gotta twist. Get, gotta get a lot of different types of vehicles. A lot of different and vehicles. public transport into <laughs> yeah. this. It's really an assault on public transport. It's true. It turns out, I think Graham Yost secretly hates public transport. And this is actually just a diatribe against it. And by extension, the environment, because public transport is a better way to travel. Precisely. That's, that's my hot take for the day. Environment good. Environment, environment good. Yeah. So, yeah. So originally the film it was just all going to take place on the bus, and like the, there was sort of plans to have it just circling around the LA Dodgers baseball stadium, and then all the various little, little plot bits that sort of happen when they're on the bus in the main portion of the film would sort of just happen, but in a big circle. Well, that's quite different. That is very different. I'm glad that they didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, a lot less tense. I think you could have made it more tense, but I do think that you would have had a harder time sort of making the audience give a shit about any of the characters. Well, more accurately, give a shit about the lead characters. Yeah. Because if you're just... Because then you'd have to, like, stop and do random exposition, like, all the time. Yeah. You'd have to explain, you know, oh, I'm the villain of the film and I'm going to make my first appearance now, 25 minutes in. Hello, you know... Mm. It's it's it wouldn't work, I don't think, and I'm glad that that didn't go that way. Yeah, I think it works better like in a three act structure the way it is, and especially in terms of like the characters and knowing why they're doing anything at all. Yeah, I I also very I so when Dennis Hopper reannounces his not deadness by exploding a bus because there's not that's that's right there's actually multiple bus explosions in this movie. Because he explodes a bus and then a payphone rings, like he's the fuck, like like he's the god of the fucking payphone system. Payphone rings, he's all like, "Hey Jack, I'm not gonna do a Dennis Hopper impression because I can't. <laughs> I want to. Are you that much of a ham? Could you? Not, Could not you even close. Not even close. And then he tells Keanu Reeves, "Oh, by the way, uh, I've rigged up another bus. If it goes above fifty, then goes below it. It explodes. It's this is the bus number. Bye." It's funny. I do think. Especially when what? Because I've only seen it once, and that was relatively recently. At that point, when you don't know anything else, it is just like fuck you, Keanu Reeves. I'll blow up a bus because you got in my way. Yeah. Out of sheer spite, I will do this. Yeah. And I mean that isn't necessarily untrue either. No. It, it, part of it is just sheer spite of yeah. like you messed up my plans, therefore you must yeah. suffer. Yeah, that was his pension. Yeah, I mean, look, a man he wanted needs that three, his pension. He wanted that three million dollars in ransom. It's at this point that we get to meet uh, the lovely Sandra Bullock. Was 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 Sandra Bullock famous at this point, really? Because she's not billed on the poster. No, she is. Not in, not in big... Her face isn't blown no, up to half the poster size, do we? No, no the, the, it's, but she is billed on it because the three quite leads of the film are really... Are, you know, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock and Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I think Jeff Daniels got a bit screwed on that poster. He should have been there as a fourth, in my opinion. yeah. Because he plays an equal part in all of this. Yeah, I think his role is quite important. I think I'm justice for Jeff Daniels. Uh, 
But yeah, so, so we meet Sandra Bullock. She's uh, trying to run for the bus, and she gets on the bus, and we, she's a bit, she's a bit of a ditz, you know. She's a bit kooky. Now this character, fuck me, this character um, was originally. This character went through about three or four different rewrites and reconfigurations. Um, uh, uh, In terms uh, of character or casting? Um, character. Okay. And also a little bit of casting. So, at one point, they were going to have... In order to sort of justify... Because Sandra Bullock, basic, her character it has to drive the bus. Because the bus driver, unfortunately, there is an incident and the bus driver gets shot. Um, so, he is unable to drive the bus at this point. So Sandra Bullock has to take the wheel. Originally, they were going to have her be um, a paramedic. Yeah, they were going to have her be a paramedic, but they're also going to have her be African-American. Oh, interesting. So that was their way of being able to say, ah, this is why she can drive the bus, because she's used to driving vehicles through traffic at mass speed. As opposed to the way it turned out, which was just like, I have the moxie to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, like they, they, they did more of a... Okay, you're just going to have to step up and be a hero. Well, actually, I'm just remembering now, isn't the whole reason she's taking the bus because she got her license revoked for speeding? Correct. <laughs> so she's a she's an experienced speeder. Yeah. Not of buses. Yeah. But, uh... And if I remember correctly... Oh yeah, I did the research and write this down, sorry. Um, they offered the role to Halle Berry, but she said no. Do you think she regrets it? I doubt it. She's done quite well for she herself. She has done quite well for herself. The other plan they were looking at, and I found this out in the director's commentary. Yeah, the director's commentary. They were at one point the character was going to be a bit more comic relief and was going to essentially be a driving instructor for like shit drivers. Who just happens to be on the bus? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, the more you the, like this, again, this is one. Of, this is an idea that I'm glad that they went away from. Of the three, that's the least good one, I think. Yeah, and they were looking at Ellen DeGeneres as a possibility for that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it. I don't it. like it. I, no, I, I think it would be crap. It. It, yeah, because I don't think this film needed a comic relief in that way. So, I suppose... Because there is comic relief in this film. It's just yeah. a little bit more... It's not as... You I'm know, a comedian. It's not yeah. so much that. You know, they're not... They're not fucking looking, like, forward at the camera going, ah! every time something happens. Mm. So, Thank God. <laughs> in terms of, like, the way it did turn out... I don't know if in those various iterations there was going to be like the same sort of romantic subplot as there is. Absolutely, of course there would be. Well, yeah, but I think it would probably, it wouldn't be the same. No, it wouldn't. It would be very different, especially if it was like a comic relief character rather than yeah. what they have going on. Spoiler alert, the uh, the two leads, uh, they snog. First of all, it's not 2003, so never say the word <laughs> snog again. Um, ugh, it reminds me of like, late primary school disgusting um but i was gonna say like in terms of because i quite I, I normally don't like a romantic subplot i think they're pointless most of the time and they are but um this one works quite well i was mm. just wondering what do you think of it in terms of this kind of thing in a movie i'm not the biggest fan of it i i mean i like again in this film it works if it didn't yeah. work i would not love this film as much as i do and it i honestly don't think it would have made i don't think it would have been as popular I really enjoy the chemistry between them. Yeah, it's I think very, they good they're chemistry. very, they're very well cast together. And I, I think another actor in his role or another actress in her role could potentially derail the entire movie. Mm. Because Keanu's character, they were looking at, and I, my face literally fell out my backside when I saw that they were genuinely looking 
but Stephen Baldwin. Not even Stephen Baldwin. Baldwin. <laughs> Stephen fucking Baldwin. What? What? I mean, I can't even tell you a movie Stephen Baldwin is in. He's he sucks. He's not Alec Baldwin, and he's not quite Billy Baldwin. You don't want either. You know. The least Wrong. of the Baldwins. Don't. Why? Other choices were a bit more interesting. Other potential choices. I mean, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I can say. T- I mean, I don't see Tom Hanks as so much of like say, an action kind of type. Yeah, this is all coming from Graham Yost. He did a piece with Entertainment Weekly a few years ago as well for the 20th anniversary of the film. So he mentioned Tom Hanks. They looked at they looked at Tom Cruise. Like Tom Hanks could have worked. It could have. I think you would have to. Mm, I don't know if he would have the same chemistry, but I do think Tom Hanks in that role could have actually worked. I think you would have needed to either rewrite Sandra Bullock or recast a little bit. Yeah. Because Tom Hanks would have played it in a diff- I think he would have played it in a very different way. Yeah. I, I don't think Tom Hanks could have... Because like, the way Keanu Reeves delivers certain lines, he, you can tell he's playing I Am Lawman. Like yeah. he's, he's, like, I don't think he's, Tom Hanks can really do a tough lawman. No. Keanu's using the way he speaks is very direct. It's there's no sort of like big flourishes to mm. when when he's like saying I need you. He's there's no like hey everyone I need you to calm down. He's like I need you to calm down. I need to get on the bus. That's my Keanu impression for the day. I mean I think that's fairly good in terms of this movie. Um, it's funny because I think like Tom Hanks is almost too much of like a nice man. Yeah, almost to play movie. him. Different movie, Could work, and then Tom Cruise is almost too action. Yeah, Tom Cruise. I actually think Tom Cruise too is too Mission Impossible. Do you know what? Tom Cruise. <laughs> I would have liked Tom Cruise in it as the villain. Oh, that's interesting. I would have been more interested in seeing that, but then again, it's a different movie. Yeah, still could be a very same movie. It's a different movie. They also looked at Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrison as possibilities. All right. Wesley Snipes could have worked. Yeah. Again different very it could have taken to, Woody Harrison again could have worked very different movie yeah though. that's yeah. the thing no matter who you cast I think you have to change a lot of the film to sort of suit that yeah also originally um, Jeff Daniels character was going to be the villain as in like like the ca- the cop character well, or Jeff Daniels was going to, to play the villain no um, the ca- his character was going to be the villain so like I imagine it would have worked in the sense of he uses Dennis Harper's character as the, the sort of man on the ground where oh, he's the okay. master mind behind the scenes. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be like, what would his motivations be? Um, probably the same. Probably the same. Yeah. He'd yeah, be, like the, the... be deliberately manipulating his partner, and I can, I'm, I could see. Oh God, I would have fucking hated that. I would have hated it. What about it specifically? Would you hate it? Out of curiosity. Because it would have just. <sighs> it would just been an extra twist that you just didn't need. Yeah, that's fair enough. I love a twist, but you know, there's, there's you use them judiciously. You gotta, you gotta be judicious with your twists. You gotta be judicious with your twists. Do twist us? Do twist us? No, didn't care for that. No, I didn't care. I did not care for that at all. Okay, I won't, I won't try wordplay ever again. <laughs> My very clever wordplay, do twist us. <laughs> when Keanu Reeves is trying to get to the bus, like that in itself is like a little mini movie. Yeah. They could have just had him get on the bus in, like, one second. They could have done that. But he has to, like, earn the right to get on that bus. Yeah. He has to commandeer a vehicle. He has to get some guy to drive him. He has to jump from a Jaguar to the bus, which I believe Keanu Reeves actually did on... Nice. He actually did that, for real. And 
I, I mean, he prob like if he'd have got that insight wrong, he would be dead. Like very likely dead. And what a world, sad world that would be. That'd be a horrible world. Don't want to live in that world. Um, the, the, the director did not want him to do that stunt, but he was determined to do it. Apparently, he was practicing it like without telling anyone. This is my secret stunt. <laughs> secret I'm, stunt. I will jump between vehicles. <laughs> but yeah, he earns his fucking way onto that bus. And this is something I also really, really like. I like the fact that on the bus there are, like, multiple people. Now, this might sound like, why? Why is that important? Well, when you have a film where it's all super tense and you have to try and keep and maintain and build tension, if the only people on that bus would were Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves and the bus driver, as soon as the thing happens to the bus driver, the, the opportunities for, like, tension drop dramatically. Because you only mm. ha- you can only get rid of one of quote the main characters. It, like there's only like three characters in the movie, and this is a problem I had with the film Gravity, which is I had a real problem with the film Gravity. I'm bringing it up because Sandra Bullock was in both. Gravity to me is nowhere near as exciting as it could be because she's the only character in it. So if something happened to her, there's no film. The film ends, so nothing she's, can happen she's to her. Definitely gonna survive because to there's the no end other character. She, yeah, yeah. After, you know, she doesn't really interact with any of the characters. So it's like. There's no tension. Like, it complete... I could, I, suit, mm. like, I just completely zoned out of the movie once I realised that. Whereas in this film, there's a full bus of people. So you, as a writer, you've put yourself in a situation where you can do all kinds of crazy crap. You could have one of, the ca- one of those people could die. One of those people could try and, you know, go a bit mad and try and take over the bus. Yeah. People could try and get off the bus. Because the whole point as well, you're not allowed off the bus. Nope. You are not allowed off the bus. There's, if you try and get off the bus, Dennis Hopper blows the bus. There's so There is so many more opportunities for things to... Um, for, for plans really to go awry because yeah. I think with the characterization of um, like uh, Keanu and, and Sandy B like they're not gonna jump that bus no they 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 got street smarts but, but anyone else yeah. can just jump yeah. that bus and you've blow got, everyone up you've got a variety, variety of uh, misfits and strange folks on this bus I have to bring up the tourist guy but there's this one character mm. who's like he's basically just he's just a tourist he's just now I have to admit the first time I saw this movie I genuinely was convinced that this guy, the, the way they introduced him, I was convinced that he was going to turn out to be like a third act twist villain. He was going to be the fucking plant. <laughs> like genuinely, I just thought, why is this like one guy so obsessed with like being a tourist? He's being very nice. He's clearly the villain. He's clearly the villain. But then he was just a tourist in yeah, LA. Yeah, he's just a bit of a bit of a tit. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I honestly got, I think... Yeah, that was I was the about, true twist all along. Yeah, but I was there was about none. 10, 11 years old when I first saw this movie. And I genuinely thought this dude was just the villain. I, I just assumed because he was like seemed so enthusiastic to be in LA that he was just going to turn around and be like Dennis Hopper's eyes and ears on the bus. That he was just an excitable man. Because, you know, they there's a character, you know, a character tries to get off the bus and Dennis Hopper blows the doors off and that person dies. Like, so he can see inside the bus. So I just assumed he had a character in there and that was that character. And I was just like, I've, I've put two and two together. I've made four, everybody. Obviously, I was wrong. I mean, you were ten. Yeah. So we'll, we'll let that one go. Yeah. So the <laughs> so when so Keanu, he gets to the bus, he's finally on the bus. And like, the obviously, the people on the bus think that there's this crazy man who's obsessed with getting on this bus. They don't realise that he is on the bus for a reason. He does when he does explain that he is a police. He is a member of the Popo. He is a narco. They immediately trust him. <laughs> they're really like, ah, oh, 
what a, what a nice young man he is. What a nice young man this man is. He's on the bus here. He says, oh, there's a, oh, oh, fuck, there's a bomb on the bus. Because most of them don't realise there's actually, he's shouting at, like, he's literally screaming at them, there's a bomb on the bus. He gets his dude to write it on a piece of paper, bomb on bus, and he's, like, waving it at the fucking bus. <laughs> so, <laughs> he finally makes it on the bus, and this bus just takes out so much, like, it's just carnage. All, all the damage and the fucking destruction. Not the death and destruction, but it's very satisfying watching this bus just slam through slam things. Slam everything into shit. And it's very satisfying knowing that that's a real bus slam, or, you know, it's yeah. a real object slamming into real things. Because if they made this film now. It'd be CGI'd oh, to all get out. It would be so fucking CGI'd to all get out, and it would look shit. There's a real sweet spot when, like, really just the 90s, where it was, um,. Still all practical effects and explosions just looked excellent. Mm. They, they would do a little bit of touching up, but something would be exploding. That was real fire, set. and you can tell it's real fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like there's um, there's a very very clever bit where they're driving the bus. She's driving the bus, and it looks like she's going to go through a pram and like kill a baby. She's a wonderful bit of tension. She slams through the pram and then. Like, if you were an audience member, apparently test audience was like, oh, you just killed a baby. How dare you? And then they revealed it's just someone with a load of cans. It's like a proper, <laughs> like, hey, got ya. Sorry, I'm just really uh, remembering how obsessed with that woman when we watched the movie. Like, why does she have a brand full of cans? No, no, you were obsessed with that woman. I was That's just, what I just said. I was obsessed but with I've her. But I've seen... People, people just transport shit in cans in a pram. People transport things in prams. Not necessarily cans, but, I, you know, people use prams for, like, transporting thing they'll leave the baby with the grandparents and then go and like use the pram as like a, just use it as a drone I mean look it's very clear I don't have people with babies in my life because it, ne- it would never occur to me to use a pram you've for anything you've never met anyone with babies in your life by that logic no I've never met I've never met a baby you've never met <laughs> no I myself was never a baby <laughs> I've never met a baby before yeah that's what came to fame there's a point in the movie where they managed to get him on just empty roads they managed to get him out of all the traffic they're just on empty roads, and you're thinking, okay, so they've sort of taken control of the situation. But then you realise that this road is not finished, and there's a giant fucking gap. And then we have the emotional high point of the movie. Pop quiz hot shot, which is the better bus jump in a movie? <laughs> Speed or Spice World? Speed. How dare you? There's not even a contest. How dare you? I'm pretty certain the Spicer one is a direct reference to Speed. Of course it is, yeah. <laughs> Of course it is. The correct answer is speed because it's like this bus doesn't even have a Union Jack on it, Louis. Oh, <laughs> this fucking jump that they pull is divine. It's fucking like there is no way this would work in real life. No, at all. In fact, no, they'd all fall to a fiery death. If I remember like with the distance and the the type of bus it was and such, there is no fucking way this bus should make this oh, jump. I'm sure someone has done the math. Oh yeah, there was a MythBusters episode on it. That's amazing. I'm and that. this did not, it did not make the, no, it was, no, <laughs> as, far as, the, as far as they were concerned, it was like, no, bus cannot make the jump. And it's fucking amazing the way it's shot. And it's just, it's a proper, like, I can imagine audiences were going fucking mental in the cinemas. I would have loved to have seen this when this came out in the cinema. This is one of those films that I think I would have just had the best time at. <laughs> If I was like 16, 17 in 1994 and I went to see this, I think I would have just had the best time. Because that fucking bus jumping over that gap 
is a symbol for improvising, adapting, and overcoming. That is the epitome of that phrase. They improvised by going as fast as they can. They adapted, yeah? They adapted by, like, bracing themselves, getting ready for it, you know, not trying to fucking, like, do anything stupid. And they overcame by physically getting over that hump. Not hump, gap. This new mantra is really, really ruling your life at the moment. It's really stuck in your head. <laughs> I love it because it's such a stupid. I, I just, I, you can just apply it for any old nonsense, and it just works. It it's just works funny. For it's just stupid. <laughs> but yeah, there's a bus jump in this movie, and it's fucking magnificent. And in to be honest, like you could almost end the film there. It just roll credits, and everyone will be cheering because all the cops that are you know accompanying them because they're trying to make a police escort so this bus doesn't like slow down. They're all like cheering, you know. You think that you think they've won? They haven't won shit. They're still, no, the they're still on the bus. The bomb is still very active. That's why you couldn't. That's why you couldn't end it there. I know it's that. But what I'm saying is the way it's shot. Oh yeah. The way that it's that is shot point, is yeah. fucking. It's divine. It's like a Pegasus flying through the skies of Olympus and shit. It's just it's wonderful. It's a beautiful, beautiful shot. They eventually trick. Dennis Hopper's character because they realise that Dennis Hopper can see so they eventually sort of trick him with the old stand still and loop the shot move they, they trick him with that and they manage to get all the people off the bus but you know this is after he's tried to def- he's tried to defuse the bus he's tried to like get under the bus and try and defuse it but he can't so eventually and this is that to me this is a high point musically they when they've got everyone off the bus and they're trying to get off the bus at the end of the uh, end of the ride they manage to make it to the airport they're just circling the runway they tie this rope to the thing and then it's just Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and they're all like oh I can't do this I can't do this and he's like yes you can and then they get off it and then the music gets all triumphant and shit and they're like they're riding on like the little thing that's holding the bus like the, like the floor access panel and they're like crashing through all these things and they're like they're like cuddling together and stuff ah, ah. and then the music just like <laughs> and the bus finally explodes because it crashes into this plane oh I mean that's a it great explosion into a plane is great that's a fucking amazing Just explosion Just into plane great choice um you great could explosion. here's the thing you, you probably could end the movie there and it would be a satisfying yeah. end pretty much I'm, I'm glad it didn't because I quite like the, the the you know the, the third act fifth act the fifth act the tenth act <laughs> yeah the finale's fantastic so yes. in the finale um they are, they leave a drop of money for Dennis Hopper and he basically sneaks down the subway and they have to he manages to take Sandra Bullock hostage and fucking rigs her up with a goddamn bomb vest again he's like the Joker he's he's, he's just the fucking he just loves bombs he knows bombs they're his tool of choice he yeah. can control people with bombs they're scary <laughs> and then there's the wonderful little sort of like cat mouse thing and then Oh, what a way to go. He gets fucking decapitated on top of a subway. What an absolutely magnificent way to go. I mean, shouldn't all, all movie villains get decapitated on some form of public transport? At the very least, maimed yeah. on some form of public transport. Uh, so when, um, after this, like, the subway, like, crash and, like, comes up through this sort of, like, empty bit where they're building a new subway... There's this sort of weird dialogue that Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock have about intense relationships. I like that. I thought that yeah. was cute. And then they just start macking out at the end. 
And in typical 90s movie style, there's, there's like tourists sitting there going, Ooh, people are kissing. Mm-hmm. There's this woman sort of looking, looking like she's just seen the best thing ever. Like two hot people snogging. She's never seen human intimacy She's never seen before. intimacy before. This woman has never seen exposure. intimacy before. I imagine the direction of that would just be like, yes. Now, when they kiss, I want you to be super stoked for it. Like, why? It's just the things that just don't happen in real life that only happen in movies is that. Yeah. In real life, you just be like, okay, whatever. I don't know, I'd be like, I don't want to look at this. No, you might You might have one person going, filth! What? That would be me. I would be that person. <laughs> you should be ashamed. You, they should be. Yeah. Keep it for inside. This is not the public transport thing. Now, I will I say... I see them sucking face now, in public transport. <laughs> this, is a, this is an important moment. So, that kiss was nominated for the prestigious MTV Movie Awards Best Kiss. Did they win? No. A crime. Would you like me to tell you who won? Yes. Um, they were beaten for that year's award by Jim Carrey and uh, Lauren Holly in Dumb and Dumber. A travesty. Fucking outrageous behaviour. Outrageous. Disgraceful. The, the awarding panel are a disgrace. They did Keanu dirty they that did year. Keanu right, dirty. I'll tell you why. Because he was nominated for multiple awards and won none of them. Sick. Actually, no. What am I talking about? He won the. They won the fucking on-screen duo award. God. They won the what award? On-screen duo. A duo, okay. So they won the on-screen duo, but best kiss, nah. They're good as a team, but not as lovers, is no. what they're trying to say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fucking outrageous. I, I it's the like most prestigious the, award in film. It is the most prestigious award in film. I do like the fact that they kind of accept, like, maybe this may not be the deepest of love relationships, but there's been a lot of tension today. Yeah. And we must catharsize that somehow. Yeah. So let's shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's it like you know this this may or may not work out but they've hey, been through this here we insane are. experience yeah and now they must they gotta must, get this energy out somehow the copulation must begin and then you have what i like to call the i mean i'm not saying this is the most important part of an action movie or a big budget blockbuster movie but big budget blockbuster movies always seem to have this they have like a theme song you know obviously all the james bond films have their own theme songs and that's always treated as a big deal if you're the person doing the James Bond theme. And this film is no exception. This film's got a theme song. This film's theme song is provided by Billy Idol. Yep. Classic. Billy... Cla- classic choice for movie for movie scores. Yeah. It was interesting because like, the last thing he did before this was his critically panned cyberpunk record. Like His career was kind of fucked. This, like, if anything, this should have given him a massive shot on the arm. But it didn't seem to. This is like... I'm not gonna lie to you, Louis. It's not the best song. No, it's I think it works in the. It, it, I don't know if it works even oh, in the no. context of this, but uh, but as a just a standalone song, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose no. this. No, it, like not at all. But like, see, this is there's a certain breed of songs, like action movie theme songs, that it, most of the time you wouldn't just ever put them on, but they're so fucking entertaining. I. They're so. There's something like. There's a class of these. I'm I'm going to start an action movie theme song lead table feature and you're going to have to just fucking lump it. Sure. Okay. But this is the first entry to it. So... I don't like this. Default number one. Well, it won't be there forever. There's way more in the pipeline that will absolutely curb stomp this into the ground. The lyrics to this fucking song. That's, I have to. I have to. They're so on the nose. I was listening to it and I was like, 
a bit. Oh, they're amazing. They're coming on a bit strong. Everything. I, I've, I actually wrote down the first verse, which I'm now going to read. I to also you. wrote down a line that I wanted to recall, but read me that first verse. Would you like a dramatic reading? Absolutely. Would you like a dramatic yes. reading of the first verse of Speed, Billy Idol? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Just warming up. Of course. Okay. So. Running from the nightmare in the middle of the road. Hell's no place for sleeping in a world beyond control. Caught in the headlights coming after you. When I wake up this morning, I had to do what I gotta do. Blast me to heaven for loving you. Blast me to heaven for loving you. Yeah. And sing. So that was the line I wrote down. It was blast me to heaven for loving you. It's a movie about a bomb. Blast me to heaven. For loving the nation like 10 minutes ago. That's also not the reason there's a bomb. Like I'm not saying it has to be the plot of a film, but if you're going to go in that direction. If anything, that would only make sense if you've not, like, I want to know. I don't, I couldn't find this out. Had he been shown the movie before he wrote the song? Like, had he been shown a cut of the movie? And if he'd been shown a cut of the movie, did he think that Jeff Downers and Keanu Reeves were lovers? <laughs> Maybe he saw the trailer. I mean, some I, early dailies. Got, I don't know. I have to. I have to. Sorry. Hell's no place for sleeping in a world beyond control. So what? Do not sleep on the bus? Is the is the world referring? Is the world does the is, when it says world beyond control? Is he literally just referring to the bus? I hope so, because otherwise. This song is insanity. I mean, the world is beyond control, Louis. None of us have control. No, but like... <laughs> um, I also... My suspicion was that someone, once again, had gotten hold of a rhyming dictionary and was like, what are some old sounds? I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. It wouldn't surprise me if, if that, that song was hastily written. So yeah. Also, it's one of those films that has... This doesn't really tend to happen anymore, but you used to have um, films with soundtracks and score. You used to have a soundtrack release and a score release. So you'd have the music that was actually in the film, like the orchestra music that mm. you hear in the film. But you'd also have a usually music from and inspired by. Yeah. Half the songs on it wouldn't actually be in the movie. Oh, no. That's totally But it would, this would be if you wanted to buy the theme song, the one with the theme song, you'd have to buy that one. So you'd buy that. So other songs on it include Mr. Speed by Kiss. Which is a song from their 1990s, I think, uh, the Rock and Roll Over album from like 1976. You also have songs from Pat Benatar, Ricka Kasich. I'd listen to about Pat Benatar. Yeah, I don't remember any of those songs in the film. I don't care for the other ones. That's it, I don't remember any of those songs in the film. No. At all, except for Speed. Yeah. I think there was also a, there's also a remix of Cars by Gary Newman. Nice. It's not a good remix. Oh. It's fucking rubbish. The fact that they just didn't replace the word cars with bus if you're going to re- remix it anyway. Yeah, I, I, it's a shit. It's a shit 90s, like, sort of dark. bus. Yeah. Um, Here in my bus. It's Gary Newman, but someone else is over, overlaying bus. Yeah. <laughs> Here in my bus. Yes, that's my, that's my vision for it. <laughs> it's not a good remix. It sounds like they listen to a lot of CNC Music Factory and stuff like that. Oh. It's not good. It's not even like funny. It's just nah. It's the wrong. It's the wrong sort of style for that vocal. It doesn't work. Leave Gary Newman alone. Yeah, they they they, they let did, him dictate his own creative future. Please stop. They did Gary Newman shit. dirty. They yeah. did him dirty for that. Oh dearie me. So 
other little things just to sort of ram this off other sort of like fun ridiculous facts so this film was made for about i believe it was made from my research it was made for about 30 yeah about 30 million dollars how much did you think it made at the box office 50 way more i'm talking worldwide 300 bit more than that 400 350 million okay 350 million dollars in the 90s on a 30 million dollar budget is a fucking monster hit there's a reason they got a sequel it's unfortunate that sequel. it's unfortunate keanu reeves did not return for the sequel at that point just don't make it yeah at that point you can't get your lead boy back you just don't make it no and it's a this is it's you know, people like sequels. People like seeing their favorite characters come back from them. But this I did not really. require. <laughs> no, people do. I know people do. I just am like, if there's a purpose to the sequel, then no. okay. But off- so often there isn't. No, this this film did not need a sequel. The villain's dead. Like, what are you could do? Introduce the villain's brother. Like, there are some sequels. I mean, there are film. There is a se- There is a very famous film that has a sequel where they literally do that. I won't tell you which one because you've not seen it. Oh, okay. Then but, don't tell me. Yeah. But like, I remember when we watched um, Crank, and I was kind of like, I know there's Crank too, but I don't know where <laughs> they're gonna go with this. And then it was amazing. Like, it was <laughs> sensational. So I'm not saying all sequels are bad, but there's some that you clearly are like, oh, they're making this because the first one was a hit. No, not but because a sequel, there's a creative to purpose me, the to sequel, it. The sequel doesn't work because. You, Dennis Hopper's character is so like offended by the fact that he gets beaten by Keanu Reeves in the opening of the film. It's very personal. Yeah. It's actually it's personal. It's not. It's not just like oh you're you're a person who happens to be here. Ooh, no, how interesting. It's very vengeful. Yeah, there's a vengeance. The, the whole bus thing is a vengeance trip. So him gone, you would quite literally have to introduce like Dennis Hopper's mum. Who would have been played by... Fuck, who would have played Dennis Hopper's mum in the 90s? You'd have to get someone from, like, the golden age of cinema. Betty White. (laughs) Betty White. (laughs) (laughs) Speed 2, starring Keanu Reeves, Sandra, and Betty White is the villain. That's a great movie. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that sounds fucking incredible. I should have made this movie. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what? I think we can leave it there. I think we'll leave this one there. Um, I've had an absolutely delightful time talking about speed and all this extraneous, bizarre. Fa- Actually, you know what? I'm gonna leave you with. I'm gonna leave you with one thing. I have it written in my. I'm gonna leave you with this. So, when they were casting Keanu Reeves, this is a quote from Jan de Bon. I'm gonna leave you with this. He's not threatening to men because he's not that bulky, and he looks great to women. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I <laughs> I just, but it's just very interesting as a dynamic. He's not yeah. threatening. To, so men aren't going to look at him and be like, oh, what? The, uh, what? People, I, I find it bizarre because people like watching giant jacked yeah. men. That's why Arnold Schwarzenegger has a career. <laughs> yeah, like Arnold Schwarzenegger's demo was not women. No. Like there were plenty of women going to see his film, but most the of people his who were interested men. in very bodybuilt men is other men into yeah. bodybuilding. Yeah, it's just a really weird interest. It's just an interesting quote. I thought I'd bring it. I should have mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I just. But yeah, if you've never seen Speed before, please immediately change your life and watch Speed. You will have a wonderful two hours. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun to watch it. Yeah, you will have a fucking divine two hours, and by the end of it, you'll just have a big smile on your face. So, thank you for listening to this episode. Have we mentioned what you're doing next in a previous episode? I don't think so. 
would you like to tell the good people what our next episode will be? Uh, so for the next episode, I'm going to talk about um, classic video game series, Yakuza. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful day. And don't slow down if you're on a bus. I don't know. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>